You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God. Open your Bible at Genesis chapter 26. This morning we spoke about, we're busy as you know, we're studying, uh, entering into God's rest. And we've been through various people in the, in the kingdom and we had a look at Isaac. Uh, where God had promised Abraham and said that you would be a father of a multitude of generations. And then Isaac was called his son of promise. And so through Isaac, having learned from Abraham, that was one of the reasons God chose Abraham, was because he knew he would be a generational father. That what he had learned, he would impart to generations. Uh, The whole kingdom of God works through that. Even Jesus, when he left the earth, He said, now go make disciples, and he qualified it by saying, teach them to observe what I've taught you. And so if we want to be good disciples of Jesus, it's not just about me, mine, and I. It's imparting what we've learned into the lives of other people. And I found that as a young Christian, when I first got saved, I needed everything. I needed salvation. I needed healing. I needed deliverance. I needed provision. And most of your prayers was, you know, just like this long shopping list that you wanted to go through. Come on, how do you admit to that? You, you understand as a baby Christian, you just think the world revolves around you. Any, even in the natural, babies just think they are the center of the universe. Doesn't care if mom's sleeping, I'm hungry now. And so that happens as a Christian as well. But as you mature, I have come to learn that I ask God for very little at the moment. Very little. I I ask God what He wants. And then I stand in agreement with Him to see His will manifest. What I have found in meeting other people's needs, reaching out, what 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 does God want to do with His church? Where do you want to take us? Who needs what? If if you want me to give something, tell me who needs it. I'll give it to them. I found in doing that, I don't need to ask for much because everything I need automatically happens. Why? Because if you turn the hose pipe on, then the pressure pushes more water in. And as long as you're spraying the water out, the next bunch of water is coming in. You don't have to ask God for water. The water's there. The power's there. The glory's there. The anointing's there. The provision's there. The healing is there. You put hands on, it flows. Isn't that right? And so... We want to walk in that fullness. And Abraham had taught his son Isaac these principles. And we saw here this morning, we read it just to get to what we're going for tonight. There was a famine in the land. Everybody say recession. Hard times. Struggling. Battling. Have you maybe heard other people like that around you? I'm not talking about you. Have you heard people complaining about the fuel price and prices of goods and the struggles they're going through. And that's what happens. You can be in the midst of a problem. And the Bible says, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. The Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. It's easy for us that when we're in trouble to look to the world system. How do we normally solve these things? Start Googling to find your answer. Now, unless you're Googling to find a message from the Word of God, you have no idea. Like people say, look what I found on the internet. 
and who's the author? I don't know. Just a great article. No, you've got no idea where that person's coming from, what their motive is, what they're trying to do, how the enemy's going to use that against you. No, I, I want to know I'm hearing from a man of God. I don't let the internet decide for what I need to do. May as well say amen. Don't go down to Egypt. Bump your neighbors. Tell, tell them, don't go down to Egypt. Live in the land which I tell you. There's your key. What is God telling you to do? What is God telling you to do? Dwell in this land. I will be with you and bless you. Now everybody say bless. Bless. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands. I'll perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. I'll make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I'll gift your descendants all these lands. And in your seed all nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my laws. And so Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Now how do you know when God spoke this to Isaac, the actual law of Moses had not yet been written. What's happening? He's operating under kingdom principles that God had shown him. Moses only recorded them later. And then the enemy used that to try and turn it into a dead religion. Where Jesus said by the time he came, you've taken my word and because of your traditions, my word no longer has power. He didn't say my word was changing. No, it's still the same word. He's the same yesterday today and forever. There's a key there. And so he's saying here that I have given you a word. I've promised you the word. I've said I'll watch over that word and that word will produce. And so he's teaching him how to do it. And he says, because Abraham did what I told him to do, he experienced the provision that I promised him. Now you are stepping into that blessing. See, God doesn't change the blessing. It's not a different blessing for you and a different blessing for me. I wish I was blessed like you. Are you born again? Then you are. Same blessing. Bump your neighbor say, same blessing. So what's God telling, telling Isaac? It worked for Abraham. Now I'm going to show you that it works for you. Now I'm going to do it here. And so Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Come down to verse 12. Isaac sowed in that land. Don't ever allow circumstances to stop you from sowing. The word says, if you're looking at the clouds and the rain, that'll affect whether you sow or not. He says, don't look to the seasons, whether you sow now or then, which one will produce? And the revelation I have from that is just keep sowing. Keep sowing. Why? The word of God is incorruptible seed. It's the natural seed is determined by seasons. God's seed always works. You sow the word and you sow your seed in season, out of season. Just sow. And you go ahead and as you sow that seed, you cast your word, your bread on water and it will come back to you. So now, 
no matter what your circumstance is, he sows his seed. In the middle of a drought, in the middle of a recession, in the middle of famine, Isaac sows. And in the same year, reaped a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the Lord blessed him. The blessing is not the stuff. The blessing is what produces the stuff. Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord, the blessing of the Lord. Are you rich? Let me see who are the rich people here. Uh-huh. I heard someone say, I heard you go to the rich church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, rich is not the house you live in, the car you drive, the clothes you wear. Rich is what you are. I'm not just talking money. Everything you need, every wisdom you need, every provision you need, the health, the protection. We are wealthy family. Why? Because you're blessed. Yes, the blessing. The blessing makes one rich and he adds no toil, no hardship with it. There's no struggle when you're in God's kingdom. And so Isaac experienced that. And so he reaped in the same year a hundredfold. How many are you ready for some same year harvests? Is that possible? Ask Peter. He toiled all night. He told Jesus, we toiled all night. What's he use the word toil? Jesus teaching him a kingdom system, but he says, we toiled. And that toil, you go study Genesis, came as a result of the curse. God never intended you to work with the sweat of your brow, to struggle and battle in hardship. Yes, there is work to do. Adam had to tend the garden, but you tended in that place of rest, expecting the blessing to do the work. The blessings designed to produce what God wants to do in your life. And so yes, Peter admitting, we toiled. We, I mean, we battled. Nets in, nets out. Row somewhere else. Net in, net out. Row somewhere else. Net in, net out. Row somewhere else. All night. Now, why do you think they did it all night? Because they need it. They need it. And so they worked all night and still landed up with nothing. And Jesus said, it's time to come on over. Come on into my system. Throw out your nets. Uh, Jesus, it's daytime. Why do you think I said we fished at night? See, it doesn't always make sense. Jesus doesn't care what the season is. When it's time for your harvest, the atmosphere doesn't have to be right. The circumstances, the environment. That's why some people say, this is an American gospel. Oh, really? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Americans? No, <laughs> oh, you're talking about farmers, Middle East. Come on. It's a kingdom book. That he was a person willing to listen to God. God was speaking to all peoples, but this was a man who was willing to speak, listen to God. And I said, okay, I'm going to use your seed because he has a man who will listen and obey. 
And God made covenant with them to get Jesus into the earth. But God wants to bless all nations. And there's your proof. This isn't just because someone in America who's rich already, the country's already rich. No, in an absolute famine, sows his seed. He has a man who toiled all night in the day when all the fish have gone under, you know, get to stay cool, and he throws the net in. What happens? Fish start multiplying. I mean, they just start appearing in the net in so fast they can't hold them, and they call their partners in, and they overflow. And I mean, the nets are breaking, the boats are overloaded, and there's just so much fish. I mean, there's more fish in that one catch than he had fished his entire life. So you can work all your life and still not see the provision. How many want to be a millionaire? Five people. Let me, oh, there's more, okay. I put it to you. Now, I understand not everybody lands up with good jobs and, and good salaries, but I'm talking about an average person with, a, with an average job, a good wage out there, a good salary paying wage. In a lifetime, you start working at, you know, 18, 19, 20, and you keep going till 55, 60, whatever. In your lifetime, a million rand will flow through, through your fingers. At least. At least. Say amen. So where is it? You see what I'm saying? Under the old labor, world labor-based system, the cursed system, the one that Satan wants to keep people working at. Why? Because if he can keep you working, you're working for him, and he'll just keep your nose just above the water, just above the water, just so you can work another day. And keep you stressed that you never, that person never gets to where God's called them to be. See, the man began to prosper, continued prospering, continued prospering. That money's not meant to just flow through your fingers. The problem is we consumed it. It came in and we ate it. We were never meant to eat our seed. We're supposed to have used the seed to produce the harvest. It's like I asked this morning, did Peter sow seed? And people looked at me like, I don't know. The point is, yes, you've got to get a hold of this. The whole kingdom of God is as if a man sows seed. You can't get a harvest. God's not mocked you. You cannot expect a harvest without the seed being sown. So where was his seed? Well, Jesus said, I want to use your boat. He gave him his business to preach the gospel. And Jesus said, you positioned yourself for the blessing. Now I bless you. And watch what happens. And in one sitting, he brought in more fish than he labored all his life to produce. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm you done with working for the world system. Slave labor. To produce nothing. Amen. No. God wants to turn it in a day. He wants to turn it in a day. And I'm telling you, I'm prophesying. There's going to be many great stories are being told. 
There are many, you're going to be just trusting God and you get this right, what we're busy teaching on right now. And all of a sudden, you're going to see that seed that you've sown. There's seed waiting. It's, it's like, it's, it's the hen, it's, it's oh, Jesus. It is holding. It's like a net that's breaking. And it's time for that harvest to gush forth. Before this year is done, there will be those who will testify. I got more in that one deal than I worked for my entire life. One moment. See, the devil makes us nervous with these things. Uh, the world is like that. It's like if you didn't work for it, you don't deserve it. Isn't that right? Kind of got the feeling, that I, I don't really deserve this because I didn't work. That's why when you try and give somebody something, they go, no, 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 no. I don't take charity. What charity what? Um, it's not charity. Even if you don't want it, open yourself because I've got to get the seed into ground. Give it to someone else if you don't want it, but take it. Are you getting a hold of this? You see, we, that's where the world is so nervous about people that, that get things that they didn't work for. You weren't meant to work for, to, 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 to make wealth. Wealth has been created for you to live with. So what are you working for? You're manifesting the gift that's in you. You're developing what God created you to do, and you're developing and you're producing seed to produce the harvest so that you have an abundance to get out and preach the gospel, to get the word done, to get the word into ministries that are preaching the word. Get it into the church. Get into Bible college. Let's get the word of God. Jesus said the sower sows the word. One deal. And receive it. I, I'm, it is a prophetic word, family. I'm telling you. Watch. Either you're going to watch it or you're going to be the one telling it. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So this man is prosperous. The man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Now, I want to show you something here because very often that's where we stop reading. I want to keep reading. I want to show you something, something about Isaac that's also very, very critical to this blessing working in your life. The reason the man became very prosperous, because in between of prospering and very prosperous was this continued prospering. And if any Christian has failed in very, becoming very prosperous, it's not in the prospering. How many of you have ever sown a seed and you can testify you did get a harvest on that seed? Can I see your hand? Okay, so there we got almost 100% hands up. We can, we can remember back in 1997. But getting to the very prosperous is this journey called continued prospering. That's where we short circuit it. That's where we, because you can prosper and go back to where you were. 
And then you need to prosper again and go back to where you were. I told you before, I don't have time to go into it tonight. Part of our testimony is we were delivered totally out of debt three times. You'd think the first time you'd learn. And the second time you come out, you'd think, okay, now I'm done with this. No, we got in a third time. That's when I realized this is a demonic thing. As I didn't intend to get into debt. It creeps up on you if you're not aware of it. When I became aware of it, I focused my attention and we made sure that doesn't happen again. Why? Because I'm not going to land up like those in the wilderness who went around, 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 around the mountain and because of disobedience couldn't enter into the rest of God. So I made a decision to labor to enter into a rest where now you deal with debt and it's done for. You want to get that continued prospering thing happen. So... That continued prospering. How did that work in his life? Now, I want to watch, watch this. So God told him, stay in Gerar. So you see, in that year, reaped a hundredfold. Now, based on the knowledge that for something to grow, it does need water. God does the supernatural, and he works with the laws of the kingdom. That's why... You can trust God for a miracle, but most of the time, miracles are to deliver us from situations where it becomes impossible for us. But God intended for us to live a continuously blessed life, continuously prosperous life. So what happened? How did this man manage to live in a region where there was a drought, a famine? So notice he became very prosperous. He had possessions of flocks, possessions of herds, a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now, listen to this. The Philistines had stopped all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. And they had filled them with the earth. Abraham found water in that region. But the world system didn't understand it. And today, even today, society is busy stopping up wells. God has promised His blessing. If you call on my name, I will heal your land. But what's happening is the world system is legalizing sin. Things that are evil, that are considered abominations by God, are being written into the books that you're expected to obey. What's that doing? It's closing up the well of God's blessing. You see, you'd think that in a desert, you would want all the water you can get. Why would you put sand in a well? Ignorance. There's a way that seems right to a man but its end is death. And so Isaac saw this. So what did he do? Verse 16. Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. Say what? This is the king speaking to him. You one man are more mightier than all of us. 
In that time of prospering, the man became so wealthy. He was more wealthy than the GDP of that Philistine area. How many of you are ready to be more wealthy than the GDP of South Africa? Where the government says, we're going to have to investigate you. We're going to check you. They're going to set SARS on you. And they're going to do all kinds of auditing because you cannot be this wealthy without cheating or doing something wrong. And they're going to check you out, turn you upside down, check all your books, check your band. But because you paid your taxes, say amen. You did it right. You did it above books. You did it without cheating. You believe God. And they say, hang on now. How can one man be more powerful than a nation? That's where they were. That's where he was. You, one man. I'll make you a great nation. You're a great nation. And this nation's nervous of you. <laughs> so what happened? Isaac departed from there and he pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar. And dwelt there. So what did he do? He dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham, his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. Come on. Family God, we learn from our teachers. When a man of God teaches you what to do, you learn from that. Isaac learned from Abraham, if it worked, I'm going to go with what my father did. I need water. There's the well. I don't have to reinvent the system. Let me use what already worked. So he dug up the well. Verse 19. Well, look at the end of that verse. He, verse 18. He called them by the names which his father called them. Unfortunately, I see today in the church that there's a lot of, particularly amongst younger preachers coming up, feeling like they got to make their mark and come up with all kinds of weird doctrines and different ways of expressing what God's already given in His Word. It's like we have to rename the terms. If Jesus said, make disciples, we're going to make disciples. We don't have to call it a different name. To be relevant. Let's call it the name God calls it. Jesus thought it was okay. Let's use his terminology. Come on. Amen. I've heard it actually said at a conference. You know, be careful with the words you use because newcomers won't understand. Like, you know, talking about pleading the blood and under the blood. They just, you know, that'll put people off. And Jesus stood up and said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. And the whole church walked out. It's not something new that people don't understand terminology. But he felt it okay to use that word. And if he's speaking about himself and his own blood, why must I rename it and try and make it more relevant and more palatable? Now we use his wording. I said we use his wording. You heard me say it before. If it's not in the book, if it's not in the Bible, it's not your vocabulary. I use the vocabulary of the Bible. And you say amen. amen. 
So verse 19, Isaac's servant dug in the valley, and they found a well of running water there. But the herdsman of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's herdsman, saying, the water is ours. Oh, now you want it. Notice, everybody say quarrel. So he called the name of the well Essek because they quarreled with him. So what did he do? He fought with them, beat them up, and took the well back. What did he do? He dug another well. And Vrachis. They quarreled over that one also. So he called that Sitna. And then he had enough. He said, that's the last time I'm taking my well back. No. He moved from there and dug another well. And they did not quarrel over that one. So he called its name Rehoboth because he said, for now the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the land. Now we could say, Isaac, Stand up for your rights. You dug that well. Take them to court. Sue them. But family God, the moment you do that, you step out of the blessing flow and it becomes your responsibility. How much money do you have to sue with? How much money do you, how long can you take this? How much do you know? Who do you know? How can you figure it out on your own? And you can try and make your own stand, but the blessing can no longer flow. See, God has given a covenant promise and he says in Hebrews 10 verse 30, we know him who said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay and the Lord will judge his people. See, as long as I try to make my will known, make my, I have rights, I want to fix it. People shouldn't be talking about me. Let me fix them. Let me give them a piece of my mind. Let me straighten them out. I take it out of the hands of the Lord. See, I can sit down with you and make you really, 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 really afraid of coming against me. But that'll only last for as long as you remember that, that discussion because six months later, I'm, we're still fighting over the same thing. But when you get into the hands of God and God says, vengeance is mine, if he's building his church, the devil cannot stop it. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. No man's going to be able to stop you. When you're involved with kingdom business, if God wants you to have a deal, I don't care who comes to try and steal it, even if they take it from you, then you say, okay, then I'm going this way. And if they try and take that, okay, I'm going that way. And you trust God. Leave it in his hands. Let him be the one to take vengeance. You are now positioning yourself for the blessing to do the work. The blessing makes you rich. Not you. Not your hard work. Not, not your cleverness. Any of us talking to me as well. It's his blessing. Look at Romans chapter 3 verse 3. What if some don't believe? Will their unbelief? Make the faithfulness of God without effect? Certainly not. Indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar. What's he saying? Just because someone doesn't agree or doesn't believe doesn't mean his word won't work. 
You see, if you, even you look at the world system, have you noticed how laws change all the time? Laws fluctuate. Democracies, certain governments rise and then they're conquered and then they're overtaken by another government. And then the government that comes in may be even worse in certain ways than the previous one. And the other ways they try and do better. And then this one goes there. And, and, and the laws keep getting changed. They, they keep writing new laws all the time. Like I said just now, now they're trying to legalize sin. And if you don't like it, what do you do? Pick up a sign, go and toy toy, go and protest, go and do whatever. And you notice the system never gets fixed. Doesn't matter how loud you shout, how much you want, you you might fix it potentially for a season, but then before you know it, uh, the very person you thought would change it is now stealing and corrupt and doing other. Come on, are you with me? But in the kingdom of God, it's not like that. You come over to God's system, He says, I am God who does not change. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. The whole heaven and earth can pass away, but my word will never fail. And I don't want to be part of a system that keeps changing, and I must expect my lawyer to be cleverer than your lawyer. No, I want to be in a system where I step out of it and let the blessing decide who comes out yet blessed. Let the blessing decide. God will make it happen. That blessing will cause me to prosper. Say the blessing causes me to prosper. Look at Matthew 5 verse 9. Blessed are the... Oh, it is on the Bible. Blessed are the... The what? The who? Who? They shall be called sons of God. The peacemakers. Family, the blessing requires room to work. Now, you know the blessing operates by faith. Yes? Yes? What does Galatians 5, 6 say? Faith works through love. The blessing operates in an atmosphere of love, of peace. Why do you think the enemy works so hard to get you angry at somebody? He will push every button, twist every arm, pinch you, cajole you. <laughs> he gotta get, he's got to get you to drop that peace. When Jesus spoke about forgiving, why do you think he did that? Get you to this place of peace. You notice how the enemy will want to get you so angry with someone, you got to tell somebody about it. Because the moment you do that, now you're creating in this next person a bad outlook of this person with them. Now the thing starts to snowball. But I need someone to talk to. Jesus told you who to talk to. He said, if you've got a problem with someone, go tell everybody else. Oh, he said, go to that person and sort it out. Isn't that right? Why? He's got to get you back to a place of peace. Because as long as the enemy can keep you out of that position of peace, the blessing 
can no longer flow. You've got this heaven exceedingly abundantly above force wanting to get through you. But the moment we get out of love, people say, but I still love them. Well, love will respond in an action. And that's in peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed. The peacemakers operate in a place of blessing. Because what happens is you close the sluice gates, even though the blessing's there. And so now it can't flow. It's not able to operate. But the moment you say, that's it, I'm going to step into a place of that rest. The only reason I get angry is because I need to try and fix it. But I'm going to rest. Yeah, but something's got to be done. Yes. Let God be God. Let's give it to Him. And if He says, go talk to the person, then call the meeting. But now it's under His atmosphere. With the intention of making peace. Because when you make peace, that's when you see love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. Now, I know, I know, I know some people, I know, I get it. Because if you oh, yeah, I wish I had that color. It, that's where the blessing works. You see, if, if it's still, I wish I had more patience. Well, if you understand that in the place of that patience, in that place of rest, the blessing has free flow to work, then I'm going to immediately forgive you. Why? You, listen, your problem, not you, this person, the problem they have with me is just not big enough for me to exit a place where the blessing flows. You want the well? Take it. I'm not fighting you over the well because I know over here is another well. Oh, we want that one also. Okay, take it because over here is another well. You don't get, you, you don't understand. You looking for my wells, but I don't look for other people's wells. I don't need wells. I have a blessing. Because wherever I am, there is a well. I don't go look for wells. Wherever I am is a well. In other words, I can walk, 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 and God says, stop, dig, there's a well. Right here, dig. There's water. I know there's no water. Yeah, I know we've tried. Dig, yeah. Yeah, we, 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 we threw nets in all night. Throw your net in now. I'm here now. Notice Peter's response. Nevertheless, at your word. What happened? The net started breaking. Hallelujah. Get that revelation. Say, wherever I am, there's a well. You can't take wells from me fast enough. To overtake the well giver. 
23. So he went up from there to Beersheba, and the Lord appeared to him the same night and said, I am the Lord your God of your father Abraham. Do not fear. I'm with you. I will bless you and multiply your descendants for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and he called on the name of the Lord. He pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. They learned. Wherever we are, dig. I give you a prophetic word. Dig. Twenty-six. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar, came all the way with Ahuzeth, one of his friends, and wheelbarrow. I heard that on a message once. The pastor said, "Whenever I can't say something, I say wheelbarrow." <laughs> pickle, pickle. The commander of his army. And Isaac said to him, "Why have you come to me?" Since you hate me, and you sent me away from you. And they said, we have certainly seen the Lord is with you. And so he said, let us now be an oath between, let there be an oath between us, between you and us. Let us make covenant with you. Oh, so now you want the blessing. Come on in. There's more than enough for everybody. <laughs> that you will do us no harm. See, we haven't touched you. And since we've done nothing to you but good, yeah. Sent you away in peace, yeah. And now, you are now the blessed of the Lord. So he made a feast and they ate and drank and they rose early in the morning and swore an oath with one another. And Isaac sent them away and they departed from him in... Isaac understood something. The blessing operates in an atmosphere of peace. You don't have to fight for what belongs to you. And it came to pass the same day, Isaac's servant came and told him about the well which they've dug. <laughs> and said to him, we have found water. And so they called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba to this day. Dig. You will find water. Come on, give Jesus praise. Amen. Come on, give him praise. You love his word. Stand to your feet. Yeah. Raise your hands to the Lord. Say, Father, thank you for your word. And as a hearer, I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of your word, I'm also a doer. And I take this word today. And I lay down all worries and anxieties. I refuse 
to get into contentions and arguments. I rest. I am a peacemaker. I am a peacemaker. That's where your blessing operates. And I walk in that blessing. Wherever I am, there's a well. And I thank you for the wisdom of knowing what you mean for me to dig. And I dig. Every time I do, I find water. And I thank you. This blessing makes me rich. I am rich. You said so. And I have begun prospering. I continue prospering. And I am very prosperous in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.